The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier eSport betting site. Log on today to bet on all your favorite eSports titles at the simple click of a button. Choose your game, choose your team, earn Unicorns, and who knows, maybe you'll earn enough to enter to win any number of fabulous prizes, such as Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins in their marketplace. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Podcast presented by Slingshot Esports. I am your host for today, Walter Ciades Fedcha, here to discuss the North American Promotional Tournament, or as I like to call it, the North American Cash Grab Tournament. Because the two challenger teams that are competing in it are not necessarily there to promote North American talent, to foster growth or anything like that. They're giant cash grab schemes by their LCS organizations. And joining me on this rant, my good friend and fellow co-host, Chase Redshirt King Wassener. Chase, how are you doing today? Uh, you know, we got through Europe. I managed to avoid an aneurysm after hearing that rock at line, which if you haven't listened to the European podcast... Uh, for once, I'm the one raging, so you should definitely give that a listen. So given that I survived that, I feel like I could survive whatever comes our way in this podcast. Um, you know what isn't going to survive this podcast? Riot's integrity, though I'm not sure they had any in the first place. So really, I don't know I, I don't know what else to say on that front. You You say cash grab. I say deliberate misuse of the rules that Riot has purposefully allowed because these is old guard teams and old guard owners that they have been friends with for a very long time that they're allowing to get away with what is essentially murder because it is a murder on what should be a competitive, thriving Challenger Series environment. I, I, don't, I don't get why this is allowed to happen. I certainly don't get why it's allowed to happen when Riot made such a massive fuss about Renegades and TDK potentially being a conflict of interest, even though we have proof that those owners had zero correlation with each other. And meanwhile, what would have happened if Cloud9 or Team Liquid was in the relegation series? We still have no answer to that. And given that Riot isn't willing to say anything about the Renegades stuff, you know, Kel Supreme's there, I, I doubt they're going to mention what their plan was. But I guarantee you their plan was oh, shit, we have no plan. So I, I don't know. It, it, it frustrates me that we're even in this spot. I, I think that these two teams in particular that we saw out of the Challenger series breaks the entire spirit of the rule that was you can't own two teams at the same time. I understand it's technically allowed, and if I'm Cloud9 or Team Liquid, of course I do it. It makes nothing but sense from their mark. It's a little sleazy, but... They'll make a huge amount of money for it, and why would you not? But then just embrace the fact that you are the equivalent of a WWE villain and, and that people aren't going to like it. I'm certainly not rooting for either of these teams to do well. But on the other hand, and this is an important thing to mark, Cloud9's players and Team Liquid's players did not ask to be put in a potentially shady situation. Oh. They, got, they are getting paid money to play for a team and fulfill their requirements. Some of them were contracted before this and are on a full-length contract. And if it's between sitting on the bench and doing nothing or playing in a challenger spot your team is offering you, you do what you do. I, I don't blame anyone as an individual player on these teams for being there. And I don't think you can judge them for making that decision. I think that is unfair to tell players to deny themselves the opportunity to gain a meaningful salary in these cases and theoretically promote their careers as they try to fight their way up to the LCS. So so, so I'm, I'm going to stop you right here because there there is one player that I want to crucify right now. Go for it. And I, he's the I one am, who deserves it. I am that. absolutely going to crucify High. 
because way back, and I have the blog pulled up right now, way back in May, hi, the, the captain and mid laner for the Cloud9 Challenger team wrote a blog post on his personal blog, basically talking about why Cloud9 was doing this Challenger team, you know, how it was all doing it. And he was trying to stick up for the fact that Cloud9 was doing this. He was trying to stick up for the fact, talking about that training players cost money and time for our end. Uh, so the exact quote is, this means we can now try out players and see who's good because we aren't risking, we aren't at risking of not being in the damn thing. But we need to keep in mind, we need to be good enough to stay in the NACS in the first place and to be able to win it slash qualify for the LCS since training players cost money and time from our end. We have an entire sub-challenger team that we've been scrimming and even given an analyst and show them how to use data slash teach them pick bands. Could there be more things we could do to improve them? I'm sure we could, but we have priorities and you need to take care of things accordingly. People will question what we do in the case we win and qualify for the LCS. A lot of you seem to think you can see the future. I'm not entirely sure what will happen if we do that, but I do see a benefit of us being in the challenger scene, even if it just means us qualifying over and over. That is not spoken like someone who gives a rat's ass about fostering North American talent which he is so tried to build this up and Cloud9 is so tried to build this up. That is spoken like a businessman that realizes that selling LCS spots can net you anywhere between 750 and a million dollars. That's all that is about. And the fact that people have not been continuously crucifying them. And now that we are in this situation where the two teams that did make it out of the Challenger Series playoffs are the two teams that are owned by LCS organizations is quite frankly hazardous to i think the growth of, of north american league of legends as a whole and oh, with yeah. the fact that it was just announced this week the actual announcement of the inter-regional policy has been changed there is no north american talent there is none there are very few players when you look into the challenger pool and you go yeah i think that guy can make it into the lcs there are a couple here and there and teams have taken some risks you have seen some risks get taken on the guys that are on Team Liquid now, on a guy like Biofrost, even on a Nori. But when we look, to, you know, look into a couple years from now, what is this landscape going to look like if you just have these larger organizations take all their veteran players and throw them into the Challenger Series? The Challenger Series is an amateur league. It's not a retirement league. That is your amateur circuit. That's not the senior PGA down there. That is an amateur circuit for those guys to get better and to try and get into the LCS. And I think that putting a roadblock like two professional organizations that are fielding professional capable players there is just disgusting. And the fact that they're doing it for profit is even worse. Well, and, and let's make a distinction here, because if you're going to say that veteran players who should be LCS capable shouldn't be in the Challenger Series... That would retroactively crucify Origin, who did things the right way. They started their own org. They recruited players, some of which were younger than others, but some of which did have veteran experience. What? What? They definitely took a step back. But these were guys, XPeke, Soaz, Amazing, they all should have been in the LCS if they'd done things the right but, way. But here, here's the difference. Here is the exact difference. That team was trying to get into the LCS for themselves. They wanted that LCS spot because they wanted the LCS spot. Right. When his last line of that that you know paragraph there is, I do see a benefit of us being in the challenger scene, even if it just means us qualifying over and over again. These aren't five guys that are going out and saying, you know, I don't want to play under under Cloud9 anymore. I want to start my own organization. I want a spot. This is a guy that's saying, I want to keep playing for Cloud9 in the challenger series and making big bucks. I just want to keep selling these LCS spots. That is not spoken like a player who cares about being in the LCS. That is spoken like someone who has an agenda and understands the value of selling and farming those spots. That is my problem. That that is the difference between Cloud9 Challenger and what Origin and what Origin ended up doing. And it's even slightly different than what Team Liquid Academy is doing. Because Team Liquid Academy, at least it. it at least it like looks like a challenger team. Like 
most of those guys were on, you know, were part of Ember last split, the inclusion of Moon. And then they had their issue with Fabian and Piglet, where Piglet no longer wanted to be on the Team Liquid Team Liquid roster. I give them a little bit more credit of they are trying to get these guys onto an LCS, you know, into an LCS spot so they can have an LCS team. But Cloud9 is quite blatantly, set, you know, going to just sell this spot when they make it into the LCS and do the same thing again next spring. That's the problem I have with it. And and as you should. I mean, and Obscurica did an amazingly scathing article on on exactly that post. You should look it up on PvP Live. As soon as Hai did that, he just went in hard. And it was one of the most beautiful pieces I've seen him write in a while. I, I love Obscurica. You should follow his work whenever possible. Uh, you know, we've also seen Ryan Tang call out these practices. So it's not been unnoticed. The problem is Cloud9 has no reason to care. Now, Riot has a reason to care. If Riot gave a damn about competitive integrity, Riot would come in and shut this down right away because the last thing they want is for there to be basically a system in which Cloud9 just farms up and sells spots over and over and over again, bringing back most of their own guys every time. That's not what they want, but... You know, that's what they're going to keep getting until they change the rule. And I think that's a rule that going into 2017, if they give a crap about developing talent, they need to do something about it. And you know what the perfect example of this is? And, and, and I understand that this is going to be a controversial statement. So I am preparing myself to get a whole bunch of Twitter criticism for this. And, you know, but, but I have to say it. You know where the talent is? All those ELO boosters Riot just banned recently. Most of the Challenger series was now just deleted. The top 200 Challenger was something like 40% of them were just gone overnight because they were ELO boosting. You know why they were ELO boosting, Riot? Because there was no place for them in your system. Because players need to make money. And whether you like it or not, if you do not give them a situation in which they can reasonably compete, in which they can try to prove their worth, in which you can give them a, an amateur league in which they have a chance, they are going to take the risk and go ahead and practice this ELO boosting stuff because they need money. They need to pay rent. They need to pay for, for school. They need to pay for a whole bunch of things. And you have locked them out of that system. And you can vilify them all you want. Go ahead. I know you will. I know you have. And I'm not saying that I support ELO boosting. I certainly do not. It is a terrible thing for the people that have to be on the other end of it. But you know what? You back people into a corner, don't be surprised at the choices they make. And you did that. You did that by creating a system which all of these players that could have been promising talents because they were able to prove it on ladder time and time again. And we know they were able to prove it on ladder time and time again because they kept getting accounts in the challenger time and time again. And you now cut them off entirely. And then got surprised by what they did. I don't get it. I don't, I don't get how you can be that naive. And I, and I don't think you are. I just think that you care about your friendship with Cloud9 and Team Liquid more than you care about all of those players who are technically breaking your rules of service. And that's an easy place to stake if you want to be on your high and mighty, you know, above everything which is what you do, which is why you haven't answered anything about Renegades, which is why you will never answer what would have happened if Cloud9 or Team Liquid were in this tournament and how you would have handled that conflict of interest because you were above it when these things get questioned. But guess what? You killed off a good portion of what could have been that next wave of talent. And that's on you. That's on you for letting this happen. That's on you for not creating an alternative for people and then punishing them for doing the only thing that made sense in their situation, whether you like it or not. And I don't, I genuinely do not, but I get it. I get why they did it. And I don't get how riot could be so naive as to expect that this would not be a natural consequence of the decisions they've made. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> you could have had a lot of great players coming up if you hadn't banned them. For well, doing the only thing that could make them money in the situation you created. While while I don't condone ELO boosting and I don't condone cheating of any kind, I do understand the the thought process there. Yeah, there have definitely been players and among players that I've talked to in the challenger scene that have said, yeah, you know, it, it's worth more money for me to just go boost. 
It's absolutely worth more money for them to do that. And it's the fact... It wouldn't be worth more money if they had a chance to qualify for the LCS. That's the part that people always miss. Yes, ELO boosting makes money. But you know what? Most people, if they have an alternative, it's the piracy argument. Do I advocate piracy for movies and video games, whatever else? No. Piracy is stealing. Piracy is wrong. But if you give people no alternative because you don't, you you region lock content or you make it and you know the price way too high you push people towards it then piracy happens people have proven that you know look at netflix netflix's shows are the least pirated shows by percentage of any network you know why cuz netflix offers a quality co- product at a reasonable cost if you were offering a quality product in your challenger series there would be a lot fewer elo boosters that's just a fact you can you can hate that all you want and I don't condone it. I do not. Just like I don't condone piracy. But guess what? That is, this has been proven time and time again as a psychological factor in people's decision making. So understand that and make decisions that give these guys another alternative. Make the Challenger series a more friendly place than ELO boosting is. Because guess what? Elo boosting isn't fun. It's not It's not something I think these guys would want to do compared to being in the limelight, getting a chance to play on the big stage. I, I, I think that's the alternative they take because there is no other alternative. Every player I know who has Elo boosted it, I know a few, that's their reasoning. Almost every time. Unless you're Apto, who, can, who is just so well-known, he's going to make all of the money from it. They're, most of these guys, they take the challenger paycheck. They take a chance to be on the LCS if they thought there was any hope. And when Cloud9 Challenger and Team Liquid Academy exist, there isn't. So, I mean, congratulations, right? I, I hope that you're happy with how the NALCS looks like next split when you've alienated a large percentage of what the upcoming talent could have been. And Cloud9 and Team Liquid are going to continue to manipulate the system accordingly. You're going to get what you asked for. And, and when we have you know, another massive divide between the top and bottom half of the teams, like we did this split, except that divide's just going to get worse and worse and worse, don't say you didn't know. Don't say you never saw this coming. Because it's very obvious if you paid any attention. I, I, I genuinely, I, I get mad about this. We, we should move on because, I mean, there's, there's nothing more really to say, but... And the day you make me side with the ELO boosters over you, Ryan, just says so much over just how little respect I have for the way you're carrying out your business right now. Yeah. No, and that, absolutely. But should we talk about some actual challenger games? Yeah, like, let, let's, let's <laughs> talk about some of these teams, man. Let's actually look at them. We're going to actually start with, uh, with one of the guys that came in and, and did it the right way. He bought a spot, Mr. Rick Fox and his Echo Foxes. That are probably the, would we say they might be the worst team to ever grace the LCS stage? Do we think they're worse than Velocity or Coast? I mean, Coast went 0-18, and, and Velocity went 5-23. and 23. So by sheer percentage of wins, no, Echo Fox is not the worst team we've seen. But if you're looking at what this team could have been versus what we got, yeah, I think they're the worst team. I think that given the infrastructure around them, given that they have Froggen, a proven mid lane talent on this team, the fact that they couldn't come up with one other half-decent player to put around him is pathetic. And I understand that Rick Fox, he's new to this. He's still trying to figure it out. God knows he put his heart and soul into this team. I, it breaks my heart every time they cut to him and he just looks so sad seeing this team get torn apart week after week. And it's not, you know, I, I don't know what he would do. I don't know what talent was available that would have made this that much better. It's not like we looked at the Phoenix one roster heading into the split and thought that was a better situation turned out to be, but we certainly didn't think it would be. And Phoenix one did go Oh, and nine in their first half of the split. So, you know, I certainly it's, it's one of those things where, I understand why they took the guys that they did, but I criticized him pretty hard for running it back 
after the spring split. I did not yeah, think that team was did. worth running it back. And they weren't. They were a terrible team. They got worse, not better, because it is very hard to lose time and time and time again. Unless you're Phoenix One, in which case their coach will mention how just how easy it is once you get used to it. But for the rest of the world, it is hard to lose time and time and time again. And Echo Fox just looks broken. I, I don't see them putting out much of a fight in this series. I think that the right way for uh, for Rick Fox to go from here is to just start from scratch, let let Froggen go, let just get you know even if it's five new guys, you just it's time to start over. They need a clean slate. There is nothing salvageable about this roster. I think, and I know you love Hard. I know you do, but Hard might be the worst jungler we've seen in the LCS. I, I I will agree with you. He he looked he looked very bad this year. I will 100% agree with you. I love him as a person. He he did not improve. He did not look good. Um, he really got exposed in, in his sophomore split. So I can completely understand you know replacing him and if he you know has to struggle and challenge for a little while to get better. Um, that was the problem. He just didn't get better. He mm-hmm. he stagnated basically. He played better last split than I think a lot of people thought. And he just sort of stagnated. He didn't get any better, and the junglers around him got better, and there was a lot more competition around him. Um, the fact that you could even bring in Kez, and Kez can't replace him, though, says a lot about where the challenger talent is in North America. It's, it's very, very lacking. And Hard was kind of that tier that included Moon, that included Dar- you know, Dardock, that was, okay, well, these are kind of the next junglers that could you know, appear in the LCS. And now we have to really look and, and think long and hard. Maybe we're going to someone like Acadian. I think he might be your next best option in North America. Mm-hmm. And uh, outside of that, you have to look. You have to look. You know, across the pond, look to Korea, look to Europe, maybe, and you know, see who you might be able to pick up. Um, in Echo Fox's case, I think they keep Froggen if Froggen wants to stay. If he wants to keep playing, and I think keeping Froggen would be huge for the brand. Uh, but across the rest of the board, I think massive replacements across the rest of the board. KFO- and, and if Froggen wants to play on a Challenger Series team next split, then I don't understand anything about Froggen. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. But I don't. I don't. I can't think of a, an obvious position that he would go to and be a starter anywhere else. A uh, retired coach. Re- retired. The- retired coach. But then. Stay with Echo Fox. Stay in North America. I, I believe his his girlfriend's from North America or Canada or something. Stay in North America. Coach. Be a streamer. Like if that's what Froggen wants to do, and you're Rick Fox, you try and keep him under Rick Fox because Froggen is instant, instant viewers, instant name. You know that's great name recognition. So if Froggen wants to stay around League of Legends, I think Echo Fox needs to keep him under their banner. Absolutely. But the rest of the players, I think, are completely replaceable. Keith and Big. Um, did not look great as a whole. So, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, but I, I think this team is awful, and I think they're going to get absolutely crushed by Team Liquid Academy. So what do you think the X factor in that matchup is going to be? Uh, the X factor is that Team Liquid Academy has good players, and Echo Fox doesn't. But, I mean, if I had to pick a specific one, uh, Piglet. Piglet is an incredible AD carry. I understand that his stats were not necessarily the best in the Challenger series, but Piglet is a literal world champion. He he has been the best at his position at points. He has been the thing that I think Team Liquid has sorely missed on their main roster recently. He can at any time solo carry a game, and he gets to play Keith and Big. Like To me, that's GG in and of itself. I don't understand how... Echo Fox is going to even attempt to deal with that. I think Golden Glue is fine. I think he certainly does enough that Froggen in his current state is going to have a hard time. But, you know, honestly, I think one of the nicer things has been the resurgence of Moon. I, I know that we had a lot of hope for Moon when he played on NRG. He looked really bad during his two games on Team Liquid. Not that he was given a lot of time there, but... You know, he went back down to Challenger. He had to refine his tactics. And you know what? In that finals against Cloud9 Challenger, he went toe-to-toe with contracts and held his own. So as far as I'm concerned, I think that they're better just across the board in everything but the mid lane, in which I think Golden Glue can draw even. So I I think they're just a far better team. So sorry, Echo Fox. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Rick Fox in particular. The brand, I, I, you know, 
we'll we'll see how the brand does. They've got plenty of teams across multiple esports where the brand will be just fine. But Rick Fox, man, you poured everything you could into this team, and you just got very little back. And you know, I, I guess at the end of the day, we can at least celebrate the fact that we won't have to watch Keith McBrief anymore. That era is finally coming to a close. Who, who knows? Maybe Latoucan will rise again. Uh, I completely agree. I think Team Liquid Academy is has the better players in every position except mid lane. And even then, and God, it hurts my soul to say this, Golden Glue might be close. Because this isn't the Froggen of old. This isn't, True. you know, Season 2, Season 3 Froggen. This is definitely a Froggen that is, that is coming towards the end of his career. Um... And he just doesn't have the same, uh, same terrifying presence in the mid lane as this as this overwhelming farmer. And farming, I believe, has gotten fairly has gotten easier as a whole uh, with wave clear mid laners, especially you know guys like Azir and Victor. Let's not forget, for, you know, Froggen used to do this stuff with Anivia and LeBlanc, and you know some of these champions that wave clearing is is hard to an ex- like to a certain point in their kit or hard for, you know, reasons um, like weaknesses early on. So hopefully hopefully this is his last ride and we get to see a little bit more of him. And hopefully if this is, you know, his last series, we get a really, you know, hard-fought series out of him because I'd hate for to see a guy like Froggen, you know, kind of go out with a whimper. It would yeah. be really disappointing, you know, because we've seen a lot of those old-school guys just kind of, you know, the, the ends of their careers is just kind of like a – like a whoopee cushion. It, it's just kind of like a, you know, guys like Diamond, guys like Alex Heach, pretty much everyone else that was on, you know, those evil genius, that that, that roster, that CLGU roster, Wicked, is still trying to make some sort of career for himself in Turkey now. Um, Yellow, you know, Yellow Pete, all these kind of guys, even Yellow Star, who is still playing, his career, now that he's towards the end of it, is, he is not the dominant support that, you know, he once was. He's definitely having some issues. So, We'll we'll see we'll see what ends up happening as we get towards the end of Froggen's career. Yeah, and for the record, I understand that you know Reddit has gone back and forth on how they feel about Froggen. Froggen is a first ballot Hall of Famer when the League of Legends Hall of Fame comes up. Absolutely, and and undoubtedly, and I understand that people are going to penalize him because you know the super team of Alliance that you know worked really well for half <laughs> a split for a split. And then became elements and became an absolute mess that was, in all reality, caused by Froggen being very stubborn when it came to Season 5 and where the meta was. But none of that matters compared to everything that he's accomplished over the course of his career. He won Europe in Season 4. He was among the best players in the world back in Season 2. The guy has nothing to prove to anybody. And if he retires on this note, it'll be a sad note, but it in no way diminishes the career that he's had. And I think people need to remember that. It's very easy to forget, especially when we get new fans in all the time who have no idea about the history. This guy did things that very few players ever get a chance to do, which is he changed the way the game is played. And I'm always going to respect and appreciate him for that. We'll see what happens from here. Moving on to people we don't respect or appreciate, let's talk about Cloud9 Challenger. I appreciate some of these players. No. I, I look. One, there's one player on this team I have any respect for, and that's Contracts. Yeah, and Contracts that's is it's not great. his fault. Yeah, no, Contracts has been amazing. And I, oh, I wait, love- now, now I get it. Hi, this is what you meant by foster North American talent. You're going to take one little baby bird under your wing, and then you're going to send him off into the wilds of the LCS next split. Now I understand. It all makes sense. Well, and for the record, I also think that Alltech needed to go back to Challenger. I'm going to and so did Balls for the record. Balls needed to retire, but he certainly <laughs> wasn't an LCS player. Uh, Alltech needed to go back to Challenger. He's still young. He was mentally shaken last split on energy. Oh my god. He went from a guy not that was putting this up again. I Look, thought you were off this train. I'm not on the train. I'm just saying if if you have any faith in Alltech at nope. all. Nope. And I'm not saying that you should. <laughs> Because he had his chance and he didn't do the thing, and I get it. But if you look at his challenger stats, he looked very good. You can make an argument that he was the second best player on this team at certain points throughout the challenger series. 
he managed to calm down a lot of those mental nerves. And in that final series against Team Liquid Academy, he went toe-to-toe with Piglet and managed to keep him down enough that he wasn't able to hard carry every game that they played. Now, do I think Altec's going to come up and be a top-tier AD carry? No, I think the odds of that are astronomically low. Do I think he could potentially become a mid-tier AD carry? I don't know. It really depends on whether his head's on straight. I, I wouldn't have a huge amount of faith in it just because we've seen what he does under pressure. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, the three guys that shouldn't be here are Balls, High, and Lemonation. And all three of them should be retired. High has a job on Cloud9's management. Like, there's no reason he should be playing at this point. Lemonation should be a coach. He was a coach. I don't know why he's not a coach anymore, other than that he wasn't good at a coach. And he said, please, please let me do something. <laughs> and Ball should have retired. I, but, you know, at the end of the day, you got to ask yourself, of these five players, which are the ones that are really LCS viable that we see doing well at the next level? It's contracts and maybe Alltech. Nope. And those are the two guys who I think are blameless. No Alltech. No Alltech no okay. has proven he can't handle the LCS level. I said maybe. I said maybe. I don't I agree with you. And I'm saying no. I'm saying no. There is no maybe. I don't other than the fact that there's such a dearth of North American talent, like that's that is honestly in all of I don't want to defend Cloud9 because I, I hate everything that Jack has done and everything that he stands for and all the shit behind the scenes that he of gets course. away with. I hate it. But to be fair. I, I will say this. There is a dearth of North American talent. And I know we always say this, and then one player comes out of nowhere, and that's the, that's the proof. Oh, and Nori's proof that there's North American talent. Yeah, sure. One player is good. Dardock, that's another player. Sure. You get five or six players that are proving that they, they you know can handle their own. That's not enough to fill 10 LCS teams, even with you know to fill 30 spots, basically, in the LCS, plus substitute positions. And six amateur rosters. There is not enough talent to actually do that. So that is why Cloud9 can get away with balls and high and all tech and elimination. Because they can just say, hey, if there were five guys good enough to be on our roster, there would be five. We would have those five players. But there aren't. So this is what we're going to do. And screw it. We're going to go get money. We're going to go make bank. I can un- I can hate that, but I can understand that position. Oh, for sure. But I, I will say this. It. Oh, yeah. As, as a you know, as a fan of the game, I think it's evil. But are you really telling me that Alltech isn't better than Keith or Mash and potentially OQ at this point in his career? Like, are you really telling me that he's at least not the third, if not the second best AD carry at this tournament? No. Who do you have above him? I can't. I can't say that he was on energy last split. He they released him. They didn't think he was good enough. He is not. Yeah, proven. and they signed OQ, and look what happened. They were wrong. He's not. He it's is not proven to be that, wrong. He has not proven that he can handle the pressure of the LCS. He has no, not he proven it. But he can't till he gets back into the LCS. Like we're we're talking about him like he is a stagnant thing, and if we're looking at just pure performance, he played better in the Challenger series against every opponent that came his way than Keith ever did this split, than MASH ever did this split, and that OQ, other than okay. a couple Twitch games, ever did this You split. go from playing against guys like Rikara and and Massacre to playing against Doublelift. Look, I, let me put it this way. Keith is not a f-ing high bar. I'm no. not saying that Alltech is a good like a a good LCS player. He would have to prove that. But is he better than Keith? It would be hard to be worse. It would be hard to be worse than MASH. It would be hard to be worse than the situation that OQ put himself in this split. That is not a praise of Alltech, but a condemnation of the AD carries that are in the league right now. Outside, you know, when we're looking at these three bottom teams. Mm-hmm. I think that Alltech is a better AD carry than these three bottom teams. I don't think it's by much, and I don't think that puts any of these teams in a better place if they were to say sign him 
or that this Cloud9 Challenger team, if it, you know, if they keep all tech on whatever that roster becomes, that they're suddenly going to be better than those three rosters. I, but I think that when there are so few AD carries available, all tech might be one of them. I, I, I think that you'd have to consider him over Keith, over Mash, and over OQ with the way that they're playing right now. So I will just say you are losing some context from that because Alltech has been in the LCS twice on two different teams. And let's not forget, this is the guy who benched himself because he couldn't handle it anymore. That, that's true. So that's but all I'm was, saying. Keith but he was the best him. player on Gravity for a split. Let's not forget that either. For, for the spring split of gravity, he was by far. Go back and look at the numbers. His numbers were incredible. I remember making an argument that he and double lift were toe to toe when you look at just the advanced metrics of what Alltech was doing. Now, he might not have been mentally there, but people grow up, people change. People, for example, address some issues that may have been going on behind the scenes. I don't want to root him in that immaturity that he had forever. Now, could he potentially have that same problem? Of course. I can't promise that he wouldn't. But let's not treat him like his mentality is stagnant. His talent, we have proven that it is there in the LCS. His biggest problem has always been himself. Can he overcome that? I don't know. But I'd rather take a shot on that than ever see Keith McBrief in the LCS again. <laughs> That's my only point. Co completely fair. I, I will 100% concede that point to you. I don't want to see Keith again until he grows up. Maybe he should join the Cloud9 Challenger roster that will be taking place in the spring split <laughs> after they sell this one for, I don't know, anywhere between $750,000 and a million dollars. That being said, let's go point to a case of a player who has not been able to figure out how to make himself work. It's GBM from Energy Esports. That is my counter-argument to players getting better and figuring stuff out. GBM hasn't well, figured it out. Well, no, I don't think it's that he hasn't figured it out. I think that he pulled a Dade. He got his money. Why should he care? I, that, that's where I am with him. Like, I don't see a guy who's playing his hardest week in and week out. I saw that in the spring split where he tried to carry that team. He was bringing out weird picks here and there. He was trying to be experimental, and it wasn't enough to save that team. But this split, he saw the talent around him. Quas is the worst top laner in the LCS right now. Uh, OQ and Kiwi Kid took a nosedive. Why should he care? He got his money. He's not going to be here next split. There's no way he would ever return to NRG after his split. I saw apathy above anything else. And I, you know, I, and I understand that's not a, that is not a praise of his character for the record. And that's not necessarily even a praise of his talent because certainly guys that want to be the best don't give up so easily. But this was the point I made with Santorin a week ago on the podcast and why I believe so highly in him as a player. Everyone on this team around him either gave up or is terrible, and he still managed to be, at the very least, a top three jungler in North America. I would say top two. Mm -hmm. That, to me, is incredible. It is so hard to shine as a jungler when the rest of your team is giving you nothing. But I don't think this is GBM not being able to fit in or improve. I think this is GBM not giving a shit, which is an entirely different problem. And one that likely tells me that he's headed back to Korea after this. And who knows? Longzu loves to take players that are supposedly washed up and put them on a 10-man roster. So, you know, we, we may not have seen the last of GBM. But if we did, I don't think I'm going to be too sad about it. Same with OQ. I mean, sorry. I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna call out GBM, we gotta call out OQ as oh, well. Oh, yeah. He hasn't looked good. O OQ OQ Qu has been terrible. Quas has been terrible. Quas has a 1.9 KDA. That's almost impossible to do over the course of an entire split. And he found a way. I mean, th this whole team is atrocious. And it's it's the biggest reason why I think that we're gonna have two new teams in the LCS. Because I don't think Santorin can solo carry his way past either of these challenger teams. So, Let's face it. These teams were neck and neck. They went to five games, and the fifth game was decided by the fact that Team Liquid locked in Ramis because they're idiots. Like, I think these two teams are neck and neck. I don't think NRG is close to Cloud9 Challenger, and I have no idea why anyone would think that Piglet can't just style on OQ and Kiwi Kid 
and solo carry at least three of those five games, even if you thought that you know GBM was going to make a resurgence against Golden Glue, which by the way he won't. So here, here's the difference maker. Here's the difference maker, and here is why I actually think Energy is going to qualify over Team Liquid. Please. I saw Kiwi Kid last week. I actually got to see Kiwi Kid. Walter, don't do this to me. I saw Kiwi Kid of old. He's back. Walter. Walter. Walter, we had the Viking funeral. We (laughs) sent him out on a pyre fit for gods. And we let him go. Don't do this to yourself. He jumped off the pyre and he swam back to shore. And I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. When he got that first blood with Karma against Aphromoo, I went, holy There is no one ballsy enough on the planet to stick around and try and get that kill like Kiwi Kid. I was so happy I jumped out of my chair. I didn't break a lamp this time because I moved the lamps, but I physically jumped out of my chair and cried. I was so happy. I was like, that's the Kiwi Kid I know and love. That's that's not the reason they're going to win that series against um against is it the fact that Kiwi Kid is the worst warder in the league and no. the worst at clearing vision in the no. league is that no. Like, no 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 it's not it, 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 it's it's that it's that GBM and OQ in the series against CLG in the, in this last week they look decent they looked pretty good and they are veteran players that I think can work to diffuse some of the advantages that Liquid Academy will have. Granted, this will be a best of five series. This is going to go to five games, and honestly, that fifth game is probably going to be a toss-up. But I think that energy is a little better. I think they are a little bit more talented across the board. And despite the fact that Quas does have such a poor poor KDA, they have multiple ways they can go with Quas. They can go to the Jax Ilawi sort of split push style, NAR. They can go to just throwing him on Maokai and saying, screw it, we're just going to play a super long-range poke composition. We got to see GBM Zeroth this past week. Like, granted, none of this inspires so much confidence that I'm like 100%, yes, energy is way better than Team Liquid Academy. But I think this is going to be a, a hard-fought series, and I think Santorin is really going to be the X factor. It's really going to be if Santorin can help his lanes enough to get them ahead. Because I think once energy does get in, get ahead of teams and once they can kind of settle into a rhythm, they can be a very difficult team to come back against. Sure. Very like settled. Once they get their strategy going, they can set up and, and do very well in it. And I think they're mainly going to rely on sort of a long range poke, uh, you know, and, and using Quas essentially as the frontline tank, and, and they're going to go from there. So, I, I mean, it'll he, be a good series. And I mean, yeah, but here's my rule. If it goes to a best of five, it, it gets determined by who has the best player on the rift, and that's Liquid Academy and Piglet. That's why I can't take NRG in good that's, conscience. That's fair. That I just completely fair. I just find it very hard. If it goes to five, and by the way, I think Liquid Academy could win this 3-1. I, I do not think that NRG is a good team. I understand that they showed some signs of life this week. They took a game off of TSM. Hooray, go team. But they took it because TSM played Teemo. Like, let's, let's, let's remember that. Yeah. yeah. And, and so their only other thing, they took a map off of CLG. CLG lost to Apex this week. Like, that's, you know, Apex is not a great team. CLG slumped a bit this week. Is NRG taking a map off of them a sign of anything? I think it's a sign that CLG was already scouting for the playoffs and they didn't think that they could improve their situation that much. So they just moved forward from there. But I don't think that says anything about NRG. I think the vast majority of evidence we have says that NRG is not a good team. And the vast majority of evidence we have is that Liquid Academy and Cloud9 Challenger are just as good as each other. And at the end of the day... Do I think Cloud9 Challenger is going to beat Energy? Yes. So why would I think that Liquid Academy won't? That's my problem at the end of the day. That's, I, I don't that's see fair. that. I, but we got one more team to talk about just real quick. Can, can we agree that Phoenix One is going to get in out on with life? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think they're actually better than Cloud9. I, I think, think this so roster too. might. I think that roster might be better than Cloud Nine right now. As we're recording, uh, Ryan Tang has been going over, and he is the quintessential Mash Me lover. He yes. is. He is anytime Mash Me is you know around and and relevant. He's just super happy. He was talking about 
damage percentages and gold percentages. Did you know that Mashmi had the highest gold share out of any player in the LCS? Man, that is a weird thing to do. Isn't that super weird? Super, super weird. I guess it almost makes sense given the fact that Pyrian likes to play a certain type of champion that, you know, doesn't necessarily need a huge percentage of gold share to be effective. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you're Vladimir or you're Cassiopeia, like you're going to get there if the game goes long enough. And those are the champions that he likes to play. I mean, I'll, I'll put it this way. Phoenix won is five and four in their last nine games. I understand that usually you can't say like, oh, you can't forget the first half of the split, but they literally didn't have this five-man roster for the first half of the split. Yeah. Now that Inori's here and playing the way that he is, now that this team has figured out their five, you know, we're not going to be worried about Slushy. We're not going to even think about Fixer. We're just going to run the five that we know they have. I think they're the best team in this tournament. I think they're going to take care of business. I think it's going to be a 3-1. And I think that they're going to move back into the LCS. And I am interested to see what that investment team does. Because they have money, obviously. This is, you know, from from the creators of such classic films as Mr. Deeds <laughs> and Jack and Jill. Uh, they can bring more talent in. Uh, they certainly have the ability to do so. And the fact that they've retained for a split, people are a lot more likely to join your cause when you can say, hey, we got there. We did it. We're on an upward trend. <laughs> I think I'm looking forward to seeing what Phoenix One looks like next split. And I think we will certainly be seeing them next split. A- ab- absolutely. So what three teams do you have qualifying for the 2017 NALCS Spring Split? Like I said, it's Phoenix One, Liquid Academy, and Cloud9 Challenger. And I hate the fact that Cloud9 and Team Liquid are going to be rewarded for what they're doing because I think it's a huge just gash in competitive integrity. But look, it worked. They created two good rosters that have really nice infrastructures. We don't, you know, the normal things we worry about with Challenger teams, how are they going to handle pick and ban? Well, they've, got, they, they've been doing pick and ban for forever. This organization has pro experience in that. You know, how are they going to handle the, the high-pressure situation? Most of the players on both of these teams have been in the LCS before. We don't have any of those worries. So it's just who has the better roster, who, who plays better as a unit. NRG looks lost and Echo Fox looks terrible. So I think those are the three we get in. I'm going to say Phoenix 1, Cloud9 Challenger, and NRG because in Game 5... OQ is going to take out every beating he ever had at the hands of SKT out on Piglet. And he's going to style out of him in Game 5 and send Piglet home in tears. That that would be the happy timeline. I'll give you that. That's that the timeline the I want to see. But uh, we'll see if it comes true. Do we have some gambling lines we on We do. These? We have some gambling lines on this. So let me go ahead. I'm going to pull those up. All right. Our very first series of the promotion tournament is Team Liquid Academy versus Echo Fox. Chase, where do you see the line? Liquid Academy minus 220. Ooh, too high. You are correct. It is Team Liquid Academy favored. They are at minus 170. Okay, that's fair. 170, which means that if for some reason you believe in in Frog and in Lake Toucan, it is only at plus 130. Yeah, there's no value there. What do you get for Liquid Academy with uh, the minus one and a half handicap? If you think they went three one or better, uh, it's plus one thirty. Yeah, I take that in a heartbeat. Okay. Absolutely I don't think there's fair. any fight in Echo Fox left. Okay. So. Okay. I I can understand that. Yep. I would have I would have said uh, I would have said like minus two hundred. Like I I still would have thought it was lying. I think Team Liquid Academy is definitely odds on favorites here to make it through the elimination match. Our next series, Cloud Nine Challenger. Versus Energy Esports. Where do you think the line is? Cloud9 Challenger minus 150. Okay. It is the exact same line as Team Liquid Academy. Again, I would have said minus 200. It is at minus 170. So exact same odds for both of these series. They are right on board with you. They think Team Liquid Academy and Cloud9 Challenger are the exact same team. And they think Echo Fox and Energy are both trash as well. Except they don't think that they're the exact same team because they're. I, I don't think Echo Fox and NRG are being put on the same scale. So that means they really think Cloud9 Challenger 
is significantly better, even though it went to a five-game series that got decided by the fact that Ramos was locked in. I think that line's a little high. I, I'm not saying that, I, I, you know, Cloud9 Challenger, again, if I get plus 130 to win 3-1 or better, I'm going to take it. I think mm-hmm. that's the likely result. But I do find that line interesting. I think if you're going to put Liquid Academy that low, which isn't necessarily all that low, given that they are the second-place Challenger team, but still low compared to how most teams would be rated against Echo Fox. I think NRG would be over minus 200 on against Echo Fox. So I think that's a lot of respect for Cloud9 Challenger. I, and, and NRG, you know, as much as I, I talk crap about them and I don't think they're going to come back to the LCS, Santorin always gives them a chance. They are an Elder Dragon or a Baron steal away oh. from stealing away a game or two. And that's the one thing that makes me nervous about my pick. I think that the Challenger teams are better teams, but you just never know, man. I, you know, you never know. If you would like to take Cloud9 Challenger at minus one and a half, it is plus 130. Or if you think that they do the 3 0, it is plus 380. Plus 380 for a Cloud9 Challenger 3 0. Yeah, I, I'm going to say. The smart money bets. Just take your 130s on both of those. Yeah. I think these these smell like three ones to me. Yep. That's that's the inclination I'm getting. But uh, but who knows? We're going to have to watch the games. And luckily for you guys, uh, there's a pretty awesome social media account you can follow while the games are live that where you can, uh, you can get our impressions. Isn't yeah. that right? Yeah. No, it's really weird. Uh, so the podcast, we have a Twitter account, and it's at Rough Drafts Pod. Uh, so you can hop on Twitter. You can follow along there. We like to live tweet the games. And, you know, I really wish I had I had a camera on me during that moment about Kiwi Kid because that would have been a really funny, like, six-second clip to put on there. But, yeah, you can follow us at Rough Draft Pod. You can also follow our presenting sponsors, Slingshot Esports, over at SlingshotEsports.com uh, and at Slingshot Esports on Twitter. We love working with those guys. You can find the European promotion tournament podcast over there as well as our playoff podcast which will start next week with the european and north american playoffs we really love working with them they've been a a great host throughout the summer split you guys can follow me at c80s underscore lol to find additional hot takes on lcs and other esports chase where can they find you uh you can find me at redshirt king uh, I will be the one that sends Walter Hello Darkness, my old friend, as soon as Kiwi Kid finds his way at the uh, in the Challenger series once again. So <laughs> you have that to look forward to, assuming that uh, my prediction here comes through. And if not, you can imagine that my wall will be cluttered with Walter just sending me all of his celebration Kiwi Kid. I love League <laughs> of Legends! So you really can't lose either way if you just follow both of our accounts. You can also subscribe to the podcast. We are on both SoundCloud and iTunes. SoundCloud is Esports Rough Drafts. And over on iTunes, you can just search up Rough Drafts. Well, that has been a podcast, folks. Hopefully next time you'll tune in as we talk about the European playoffs and how some surprise teams are entering the quarterfinals and to see if they can knock off some of – Some of the old guard, they may be giants. We'll see you next time. Goodbye, Internet.